A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. But guess what? This ain't Fight Club, so we are going to talk about it. That is, we're going to talk about the battles we choose, which includes fights that people pick with us and other situations with individuals that demand either obedience from us or for us to knuckle up if we stand in place. Before we get into this topic, I just want to shout out to my friend who inspired me to talk about this very important issue and one that I'm pretty certain we've all had to face. So thank you, Layla, for the inspiration and for permission to share what we discussed the other day. So first, a little background on Layla and her situation. So Layla is like pretty much all the people that are in my life now and the only people that I allow in my personal circles. A really kind, genuine, generous, loving person who has kids with an ex who is as opposite from her as possible. So Layla is kind, loving, genuine, generous, gentle, hardworking, unpretentious, honest. Got that? And her ex is opposite, opposite, all of those qualities. I need you to really get how different these two are so that you can see how crazy making and soul draining it could be for a person like Layla to have to share space with a person like her ex. But this is exactly what she did for about 20 years until her youngest were of age. So fast forward to presentish day. She still interacts with her ex pretty regularly because the kids come home from college and they typically stay at his place because he's financially well off while she lives in a modest apartment within walking distance from his so that the kids can go back and forth. But they usually say their fathers, so when they're visiting, Layla will come by and bring food that she's cooked for them, especially if the younger ones are studying for exams or whatever for school, because the father ain't going to do it. If anything, the kids tend to have to cater to him because he's used to being catered to. Even while Layla was living with him, she had to take care of her medical condition that could be life-threatening if she weren't so diligent about self-monitoring and self-caring. Dude never did anything for her or otherwise supported her to help ease the burden and struggles for her. But after the divorce, she still tried to show up and she would even make dinner for all of them to be able to sit down together just for the benefit of the kids because she felt guilty about the transition that she felt she imposed upon the kids by initiating the divorce. Now, I'm just summarizing this guy's character in very general terms but the specifics will make you gag if you care about such things as human decency and integrity. Now, that's probably not going to help her case if you are listening to this and think, well, it's her fault. Why does she keep doing nice things for this guy? Why does she keep trying to include him in her time and space with the kids? And those are very logical questions to ask. But I'm going to roll it back to an analogy I made in one of my episodes last month in which I said, basically, a mongoose is going to be a mongoose and a snake is going to be a snake. You put them in a pit together and they're going to show up as themselves doing what they do. So here you have Layla, a compassionate, generous lover and giver, being compassionate for her kids, 
loving them and giving them whatever she could to ease their struggles with the divorce, which includes generously offering her time and effort to be inclusive to a self-serving grown adult who just couldn't care less. Give is going to give and take is going to take. So that's one part of the answer to your questions. The other part has to do with the fact that when someone has been in a position where they've been abused, especially for so long, if they haven't had the resources, energy, and time to get support and fully heal, which Layla hasn't because she's had to jump straight into reconfiguring her life. But if you aren't getting the inside gutted out and reprogrammed, you could slip back into the same roles and reactions when presented with the same characters and or situations. It's like psychological muscle memory. So here's Layla trying to reconfigure her entire life while trying to maintain her position as a loving and supportive mother, but this time to kids of divorced parents. Some might say she needs to just snap out of it. Her kids are old enough, they'll have to figure it out, and some of that is true, but as we know, kids don't go straight from being a teenager to an adult just because the law says that they're an adult and can be held responsible for everything they do. And the law is not interested in acknowledging that young adults' brains are not fully set, so it's still a little bit gooey until they're at least 25. I'm not knocking the law because it is a relief for parents who have kids that are going to go extra buck wild to have the option of saying, all right, that's enough, figure it out yourself, bye. And also, this gives young adults a chance to say, that's enough, mom and dad. I think your rules suck and I want to do what I want to do. Bye. But for parent-child relationships where the connection is still strong and for teenagers, aka young adults that are transitioning in a more even, steady, inclined, so it's not like a sudden upswing from teenager to full adult from 17 to 18, Layla's consideration and approach makes sense. The monkey wrench in this whole thing is the fact that for her to be there for her kids often puts her, a sensitive, kind giver, in the same space as a thoughtless, self-centered taker. When she comes to visit the kids and he's around, she still tries to speak with him kindly and inclusively, and he often returns with a retort or snide remark or some kind of condescension. She knows her interactions could be hurtful for the kids, so she recently suggested to, let's call him Guantanamo or Guan for short. She suggested to Guan that maybe they could go see a therapist to help them communicate better. I mean, you and I can kind of see what's going to happen just by knowing that his character is basically very self-serving. So if he didn't want to do anything to save their marriage, he's likely less interested to lift a finger now. And as predictable, his response was essentially, why the hell for? So I think it was later in the evening or maybe the next day when she shared that conversation with me. And I'm sure there was more to it, but that was the summary. And she said that it made her feel really terrible the way that he spoke to her with such disdain and disregard. And she expressed how it made her feel so small. And I know I'm summarizing it so it sounds like a very simple interaction, but Guan is the type of man who constantly mansplains and puts down his wife and now ex-wife. He's also the type of man who finds great pleasure in any struggles or suffering that Layla may be experiencing. In essence, this guy personifies small man energy. You know what I mean? 
And in cases like this, size does matter because small man energy is the worst. And to clarify, this has nothing to do with the actual height or size of a man and everything to do with the virility of the good qualities of masculinity. So Layla came to me the other day weighed down by her interaction with this mean man baby. This is one of countless interactions with this guy who knows exactly how to push her buttons and who has a very pokey finger. Now I want you to pause for a second and think about the person or people in your life who also have very pokey fingers or even excitable itchy knuckles. I'm not talking about people who you feel triggered by because there may be something within yourself that you have to work through that has nothing to do with anything the other person is doing. I'm talking about the person or persons who speak to you specifically in a certain manner because they want to elicit a negative emotion from you. And they usually do this specifically for a sense of control. And they'll often justify their behavior, whether just for themselves or to you and others that you somehow deserved it, but don't let them gaslight you or otherwise twist things around. That is manipulation and that is cruelty. Now, it would be great if we can just control our emotions and say, you know what, I'm not gonna let this stuff bother me. I'm just gonna ignore them and keep moving. And that's great if you're able to do that, but that's not always possible. Going back to Layla's situation, she's clearly not at a place where that's possible for her yet. She's still sweet, hopeful Layla in the presence of Brutish Guantanamo. So my response to her at that time, which is what I want you to also think about for dealing with your pokey person was, I know this is hard and you can't change your feelings, but you can put yourself in positions and situations that could keep you safe or not keep you safe, that could trigger you or not trigger you. For Layla, that would mean minimizing contact with Guantanamo. And if they have to be in the same space because she's coming to see her kids, for the love of all creatures great and small, do not solicit connection and consideration from someone who has clearly established that they either don't have the ability or the desire to be considerate or genuinely connect with you. As I reminded her, I'm going to explain to you, in case you missed my earliest episodes on this, that I did the same thing for a long ass time. Showed up as a sprightly squirrel in snakes and jackals dens. And I did it for the same reason I think many of us do it, not only because we are who we are, but because we are somewhat in denial that the other guy or gal is something different than who they actually are. This brings me back to a point that I've made a couple times last season in episodes where I emphasize how important it was to know yourself. On that same token, you really need to know the other person. And in relationship combinations where there are people who get hurt, and there are people who get nasty, they are often both getting this wrong. The gentle person who tends to get hurt by the other side, and usually not by accident by the other side, will assume the wrong thing about the harmer. They will assume better of that other side. And the aggressive side will often not only assume worse about their gentler opponent, who likely didn't even know nor want to be an opponent, but members of Team Guantanamo Bay usually also have a complete lack of self-awareness, which makes them sit very comfortably with their inflated sense of self-entitlement. And if you know anything about self-entitled people, you'll know that for them, there is no point to self-entitlement if you can't flex it all over town. So I reminded Layla that that was the very reason why I had to completely disconnect 
from a segment of my in-laws. And I'm not going to hide the fact that some of these people are my in-laws because I spent at least a decade referring to them under the umbrella of family so that people could think it was my blood family and not my in-laws, which I later thought, this is so effing unfair to my family. And because I had a lot of friends over the years that came and told me they had similar severe in-law issues, I realized that this tabooed topic is so common and so swept under the rug, except in jokes, that it's allowed to perpetuate like every kind of mistreatment and abuse that isn't talked about. I'm not going to fully get into the topic of in-laws in this episode, but if and when I do, I promise it will have a dedicated episode. But back to our situation and what this has to do with Fight Club. I told Layla, you need to remember who and how you are and who and how Guantanamo is. And in doing so, remember what he actually has to offer. Is it sympathy, connection, cooperation, consideration, kindness? If it's not those things, then don't go to him for those things. You know what he has to offer is condescension, coldness, and cruelty. If you ever have a hankering to be punched down, he's your guy. But of course, I didn't advocate that option for her because I am not an advocate for masochism, despite my past behaviors and decisions. Now, here's where Layla and I differ because Layla is very much a pacifist. I personally want peace very much, but I am willing to fight for it. Now, I know that sounds hypocritical, but only if you don't understand or have never had to deal with unscrupulous types and or an ineffective justice system. And or again, if you've never had to fight for your or somebody else's life. So Layla would never like to go to Fight Club. And I would not choose to sign up for Fight Club. But as I spoke with Layla about this, I know myself. I know my weaknesses. I know my triggers. And bullies are a big trigger for me. But in order for me to feel that I'm in a situation where I would be triggered to respond to a bully... I have to establish that someone is indeed a bully or in some way has clear intentions to harm. This segment of my in-laws has made that very clear. So I know myself and now I accept this new knowing of the other person. I went for over a decade trying to talk myself out of seeing what really was. But now that it's established, if they come at me in the way that they've always come at me, that I would make excuses for in the past, that I'm no longer making excuses for, I don't know that I can handle it gracefully. And that's all I need to know, to know that I have to stay the F away. Now you know this about me, but my enemies still do not. What they think, which they've indicated to others and to me in my face, on multiple occasions and different ways, is that I'm afraid of them. Because silence and avoidance, following a bully's attacks, feels like victory to them. And they are loving it. But here's one of the cool things about being disconnected from people who behave and think toxically. You don't care. So I don't need to confront them and prove anything to them. What I need to do is keep myself in check for my own integrity. I told Layla, I know that my temper against bullies is my weakness. Unlike how these bullies think, I don't consider reflexes that are good in the ring in a competitive sport to be good outside the ring. So like Bruce Banner, I'm going to hide my Hulk where the pokey people can't find her so I can live my life in peace and maybe or maybe not find the antidote because I personally don't know if an antidote is even necessary. But meanwhile, like I advised to her, 
If we haven't mastered our environment among the pokers and punchers, we can choose our environments, including the people that get to be a part of them. Let those who want to be in the fight club literally knock themselves out. Thanks for listening. See you next round. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into the Hero Frequency.